Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on in to the Short Porch Podcast. Attention. This audio was recorded on Thursday night before the Kraken hurt himself. Este audio se grabó el jueves por la noche antes de que el Kraken se hiciera daño. And welcome on in. It is episode 36 of the Short Porch Podcast. I'm J.D. Frida, as always, joined by my co-host, the Jared Peterman. Welcome in to another week at the porch. Yankees are coming off a fresh uh, getting swept of the Houston Astros. That brings back uh, some bad memories of recent playoff years, uh, Twenty. 17 and the 2015 wildcard game so houston seems to have our number these past uh, few years houston definitely has our number and uh it's definitely a nightmare every time i see them on the schedule but uh one day man one day we'll get past them in a playoff series hopefully to make it to the world series is this the year well not with tyler wade on the roster it's not so if not why don't we jump right into it our recurring segment here at the porch Wow. Jared, Tyler Wade, how bad is he? Frida wasting no time jumping right into this scumbag known as Tyler Wade. <laughs> and that's what he is at this point. Like, why was he mad uh, after spring training? Like, we all, we said to you what was going to happen. No one should be but, surprised. But he's hitting 200. Like, this is a miracle. He's 3 for 15. That equates to 200. This is as best. That's his this is his Joe Maggio hit streak right here. <laughs> this is as high as he's ever gonna get. So you know what? He might as well just hang up the cleats, because we know how fast he is, but he can't get on base to show it. So I mean, what are you doing? We've been saying this for the past how many years? Oh my! Oh man! Oh man! He's so fast. This that's my voice for all the uh, the the Yankees Twitter, and I'm part of it. But this is my voice for all. Oh my God! He's so fast. I can't wait till he gets on base. Oh man! Oh, Wait, keep, wait, keep waiting. He, he, he can't, he can't get on base. So what? What's the point of having this guy on the roster? Maybe to have a chuckle every here and there. But you know what? I'm done having chuckles with these, uh, these Yankees. I'd rather them just win because right now they're not winning. And this guy, Tyler Wade, and I'm gonna say it every single damn week. This guy stinks. He stinks. I don't want him on my on my Yankee team anymore. And he's man. I watched him try and field the ball last night, and it it made, honestly, it made me feel like my seventh grade self was a better fielder than Tyler Wade <laughs> as a professional. He's he's atrocious. He looks like he's never played baseball before. The, what was what was it? A couple games ago when uh, someone slid into second, he was looking to turn double, and he flipped on top of his head. Dude, oh yeah, he got taken out in Baltimore, but... I was at the. Why couldn't that game. take him out for the rest of the year? Because that only happens to our good players. <laughs> that only happens to Andy Barr. <laughs> what the hell? I was I was at uh, Saturday's game in Baltimore, where Judge homered twice and Frazier homered in the seventh. You know, huge day. But let's 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 just say I was sitting there, and Tyler Wade came up to the plate, and I literally <laughs> would just look at my dad with a grin. I'm like, there's no point in watching what's happening. That's he will get break. out. He will strike out. Like, no problem about it. Oh, another one. Oh, another one. Like, what are we doing? How many strikeouts did he have that game? 
like at least two, I think one, maybe two. But we bring up Giovanni Urshela, who is known for his glove, only his glove, and he already has probably more hits than Tyler Wade. That's the joke. That's the that is the humor of this whole thing. I. It's becoming. I can't even say it's an ongoing joke at this point. It's it's. No, it's more cold hard like, facts. No, it's cold no, hard facts. You no, know, it's cold hard facts. I mean, like the Yankees continuing to employ Tyler Wade. It's oh. like it's not even a joke on the fan base anymore. Now it's just a detriment to your for, to your franchise. I mean, it's it's like uh, what is it? It's not a it's not a comedy. It's a. Uh, Whatever it is, tragedy. tragedy. That's Honestly. that's that's yeah. That's what I was looking for. I, to wear. I will say uh, he is wearing Stephen Drew's number, and there's no one who can better represent Stephen Drew than Tyler Wade. Honestly, ain't that uh, big facts. If if you follow us on Twitter at three fourteen down the line, you would see the iconic Don Mattingly Hitman poster. Well, we had to Photoshop it a little bit, and uh, we put Tyler Wade's face on it, and we put a big red, um, essentially an X over the hit sign because that man gets. No hits. You think that the MLBPA would, uh, you know, take legal action if we started selling that poster with Tyler Wade's name on it and the the big red X over the no over the hit? They'd probably encourage it. Honestly, <laughs> they don't want him as part of the Players Association either. Tyler Wade's probably going to the Yankees right now, like every player is for an extension. You know, all these players are signing extensions, uh, team friendly extensions at that. He he's probably going to the Yankees, and he's like, listen, can I get a ten year deal for a million dollars, like? I'm, I'm ten year trying. deal for a million dollars. That's so yeah. overvalued. Uh, first of all, fuck the ten years. I'll give him four. I'll give him four years for a bag of fucking Cheetos. That guy. I don't like. If he wants to take that deal, all for it. We save money and we retain him to fucking. We could trade him for a bag of peanuts if we want later on. But I am not giving him anything more than I'll give him. You know what? I'm. I'm feeling. I'm feeling generous today. I will give him a full vending machine worth of snacks for a four-year deal. That's oh. Cracker Jacks, that's Peanuts, that's Popcorn, and Cheetos. I'm giving him, I'll give him all of that, but he's not getting any more of that from me. Brian Cashman, if you give him any more than that, you deserve to be you're pillaged out of New York City. <sighs> yeah, well, I'm tired of talking about this scrub because he literally does not I deserve any more. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve any more of our time, and he doesn't deserve and you know to get any do, more. Advanced. I hope he listens. I hope. I hope somehow in the whole spectrum of New York media, and have. I, I hope somehow by his cousin's 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 fucking st- stupid grandniece that somehow listens to this podcast. And I don't know why anyone would, but whoever does, if they could show this to Tyler. To Tyler Wade somehow, and he can hear the vitriol in in my voice when I speak of him. Oh, I pray my my Twitter handle is at John Daniel Frieda. Tyler, whatever you need to say, slide into my DMs like that guy slid into your ankles and nearly took out your entire career. Slide, baby, Jared. On to you. Let's get rid of this fool. Well, just before like before we, I'll just briefly touch on this with him. Like, okay, if you're a bad baseball player, fine, we get it. Like, we're not going to come on here and, like, bash you into the ground forever, right? Some guys just aren't built for the major leagues. But when you do this year after year, put up big numbers at big numbers at in the minor leagues, in spring training, and then complain last year about, oh, look, I deserve to be up. This year, they, he gets sent down after spring training. He's, he's so disappointed. He's so upset about it. And then you come up here and do this every year? Like, what? Like, who's going to feel bad for you? Bro, Tyler Wade. That's... That's, like, the hype around him and, like, 
his comments are why, personally, I hate this guy and his production, lack of production at the big league level. Tyler Wade is the personification of blue balls. He he excites you. He gets you there. Spring training, Triple A. He's putting on a performance. He's he's doing all the right things to turn you on. And then when he finally gets there, when he finally gets to the Bronx, when he finally gets to the bedroom, oh, he, you're ready. You're ready to go. And then what happens? Performance issues. We just, you know, you just can't match up. Just can't do it. You know, I was able to do it last week with uh with Joanne, but this week, you know, I'm I'm having trouble in here in the Bronx. You know. Maybe if I get if I go back there to my ex, you know, I could get a little bit of confidence and come back up next spring training. Tyler Wade, you are you are the personification of blue balls, and you need the personification of an erectile dysfunction pill. And we can't provide that for you here in the Bronx. You need to get the fuck out of the Bronx, out of New York, off of my team. That's as much breath as I'm giving you this week. But don't worry, we'll be back next week talking shit. About the one man Tyler Wade. Speaking of talking shit, Yankees Twitter was eating up Aaron Boone all oh, week man. long as the Yankees got swept by the Astros after that fucking softball. After <laughs> after the bullpen essentially blew Monday or yeah Monday and Tuesday's game, and then uh, the Yanks had a wonky game last night, which was Wednesday, where they had a chance late and uh, didn't come through again. So JD, what what do you have to say about all this hate towards Aaron Boone? Uh, this early in the season, in year two. So I texted you before uh, when we were discussing what time we wanted to do this to record, that is, and I said I had to get something off of my chest, and I do. This as is I 12 s- hours later. <laughs> as, as I said, um, I'm part of Yankees Twitter. By design, we have this, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. My individual Twitter is part of it. Our podcast Twitter is part of it. But man, oh, man. Having to associate myself with with some of you, I'm not saying all of you, but some of you that just, oh, oh, just some of the words that you say on Twitter, like, Aaron Boone has to be fired now, not tomorrow, not an hour from now, now. Cashman and the Steinbrenners, they have to get rid of him now. He's the worst manager you can imagine. He's the worst in the MLB. He is the reason we're, this is the worst part. He is the reason we're losing. (laughs) Let me, uh... Let me level with you here for a second, Yankees Twitter. Name one time, one time, that Aaron Boone this season has stepped into the fucking batter's box. Name one time this season that Aaron Boone has come out of the bullpen and tossed two and a third, one and a third, a fucking third. I have to say this. It's a blanket statement for all managers in the MLB. They matter, but not that much. I I hate to break it to you. MLB managers... They matter to an extent, but not that fucking much. They, they matter to the extent of, all right, uh, we're going to play these positional matchups. I see all these analytics, all these statistics. This guy's going to match up better with this pitcher. We're going to pinch hit this guy in the bottom of the eighth because we think this is going to give us the best opportunity to win. And what happens if all the fucking analytics say that this left-handed hitter is going against, the, he's our only good pinch hitter, and we have this lefty pitcher that's coming in, but you know what? This lefty hitter still hits lefties pretty damn well. We're going to put him in, and he fucking flies out to right field. You know what that's called? Not the fucking manager's fault. I don't, like, I'm not saying Aaron Boone is fucking, we're going to have a parade for him next week down fucking Broadway, but that's not the point. MLB managers matter, but only to an extent. They matter to the extent of the results that the players themselves provide. And this year, 
Jared can attest to this too, the players are providing some fucking shitty results. We're striking out left and right. Our, our bullpen pitching, don't get me started on that. Our, our starting pitching has been fairly solid up to this point, but we can't seem to put string together runs when we need to most. It is not Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone, it not forget, I'm not even going to bring up the fucking injury list that we have. He's dealing with the players that he has right now, putting them in the best position he can to win. He's not bringing in fucking Joe Schmo from fucking River Avenue to pitch the sixth inning. He's putting in the best players that we have. And again, I am not an apologist for Aaron Boone, the person. I'm an apologist for the fucking anti-argument to that managers are so fucking important. I hate to break it to you. They're fucking not. They just aren't. Welcome to JD's TED Talk. No, but I agree with you. Uh, managers, listen, honestly, Aaron Boone's main thing is managing the bullpen. Essentially, in Major League Baseball, you're man- as a manager, you're managing the bullpen. The lineup, That's really all you are. The lineup, the front office, and, and maybe some of you, some of the managers, like, combine their knowledge together on matchups per day-to-day basis. You know, get guys a day off here, get guys a day off there. That's really it. The hitting has been up and down, you know. This has been the story the last three years. Yankees can't hit with runners in scoring position. Oh, go figure. They have the same guys this year again who, you know, go for the home run, not really, you know, manufacturing runs in. That's just that's just what we are. So you can't blame him for the offense, right? The bullpen has been fucking weird, to say the least. We have the best bullpen in bigs on paper, and it has been very bad. Bottom five. He has not done a great job of managing it at times, but it's twelve. we're 12 games in, okay? The way he manages the bullpen is not the full reason why we're losing baseball games. I was... I was at the game on Saturday in Baltimore. Um, Jonathan Holder threw one and two-thirds great innings. He brings him back out for the seventh inning. I'm looking around. I'm like, what? Like, why? This is Jonathan Holder. This isn't Dylan Batanzas, Adam Adovino. This isn't, you know what I mean? Holder gives up. Uh, he gets in a jam. They bring in Adovino, I believe, and, like, we give up runs. I think it gave up the lead, actually. Then I'm like, dude, that's just that doesn't make a lot of sense. But then again, it's game eight of the season like it's not like a crazy deal you've got to at this point you've got to manage fatigue arms you probably don't want to go to Ottavino every day you have Delamitance on the deal Chapman you know he's working into his form now Chad Green hasn't looked as sharp like it's not his fault that these guys aren't pitching up to their expectations at this point in the season you don't want as you said Ottavino you don't want him pitching every day you don't want him pitching a crazy amount of innings this early on I mean this is kind of like the bell curve of like where we start to ramp up the amount of innings that these bullpen pitchers pitch. And here's the thing. What if he brings out Holder, as you said, for that seventh inning? Or sixth inning? Seventh inning? Seventh. seventh. Let's see, he brings in Holder for that seventh inning. And all the everything in his head, all the pistons in his head firing are saying, bring it out of Vino, bring it for the start. Bring it out of Vino, bring it right. out of Vino, bring it out of Vino. What if out of Vino comes in and suffers an injury because he pitched the day before? Or what if he comes in and lets up runs anyway? And then we still say he made a wrong decision. He should have kept right. over because he was pitching well. Yeah, no, I mean, it, every every decision the manager makes is results-based. It's results-based. Yeah. If it works, 100%. great. If it, Like, honestly, if it works, he might get some credit. If not, you're getting killed for it. And, like, that's that's the business there. Can I, do, can I, can I give, like, a complete comparison contrast? So if you're a basketball coach, right, 
and you're say you're Popovich and you draw up a play where you get your best three-point shooter a wide open look if he doesn't make that three that is never on the coach everyone goes right. holy shit the coach drew up great a look. great play that's a yep. great look he just didn't yep. hit it it's in baseball if he brings out the pitcher and gives the pitcher the best opportunity with the best percentages against these kind of hitters and the pitcher gives up a fucking two-run home run and strikes out the rest of the inning it's on the fucking manager somehow that he right. should have known not to bring him in yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think the GM is infinitely more important than the manager. Oh, easily, and they're well more paid too. And for, so for damn sure, and they should be. Yeah, and I'm absolutely. not saying to blame Cashman right now for the way that we're playing because I mean, if you look at again, I hate being because Mets fans have done this for the for the past God knows how many years. The only reason we're not going to make the playoffs is because so many guys are injured. I hate using that excuse, and I'm not really going to. I am saying it's early, but we do have a lot of guys injured. I'm just saying, give it time. Just like Boone said, we're about to turn that corner, baby. We're about to turn that corner. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, the way Yankees Twitter and some of the media are acting is, like, we, the Yankees are cooked. They're 5-7. and seven. They're only two games under five hundred. Like, let's be honest here. The Yankees, if you've watched them the past few years, they play down to their competition. They opened with a light schedule. They didn't really mop the floor with the Tigers or the Orioles and then another series with the Orioles. And then they get swept by the Astros in two games – Two games for sure they should have won. A third game is, like, it easily could have been a Yankee sweep instead of getting swept. Uh, it's I would say it's time to panic if we're at the end of April. I mean, even at the end of April, it's not time to panic. But if we're still under 500 and it's the end of April, it's like, all right, like, we need to start turning things around. Yeah, here. end of April. Yeah, end of April, mid-May, I would say. It's like, damn, we need, we need a right. change. It's it's not like we're Boston and we're two and eight or anything. No, oh. I well here I guess here's a, a larger question in the scope of like media and the way they cover baseball. Like, do you think it's just the nature of shit? It's a 162 game season. We need news like every day, every two days because there's games like five six days a week. Yeah, no, it is tough. I I would say definitely like it's the most stale beat. You know what I mean? Especially for guys who have to write game gamers. Yeah. Game reports, like, I mean, you're you're almost scratching and clawing for anything to like to freshen up the yeah. you know the the everyday grind, and I mean, so that's why I feel like bullpen moves get scrutinized as much as they do because like that's the thing to talk about that day because you know tomorrow like there's gonna be a new thing and that's why the quotes like like Joe Girardi like saying it's not what you want he said that over and over and over again and it's just like that's that's the thing now it's not what you want. Boone saying, "Oh, we're gonna turn a corner soon." Like that'll get blown out of proportion because they're five and seven. They just got swept. Like there's an off day. Uh, okay, what do we have to talk about? Oh, this. You know I what think, I mean? I think those post game press conferences are so inconsequential in baseball. Like think like if you're not a Yankees fan, right? You're just you follow baseball. Like you enjoy right. watching it sometimes, and you don't really have a favorite team. Like. How many times are you gonna like remember a post game press conference? You're not any team. You're not you're not watching a post game press conference if you're just a casual fan. But but and rarely do they ever get coverage on the ESPNs, the if you're in Canada, yeah, no, the TSN. Right. You know, but if you're just flipping across ESPN one day, you might see Cam Newton at a post game press conference. You might oh, see, you know, uh Baker Mayfield. You'll you'll see Yeah, like I mean that. that's different because there's only sixteen games a year. But I'm saying the yeah. nature of the sport with the schedule right. that it has, it there's no need to freak the hell out over game 19. Like, right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, the only thing to freak, like, 
this early in the season, it would be like reoccurring issues. That's the yeah. thing to freak out about. And rightfully so right now, it's the bullpen. It's the Yankees striking out. The Yankees are not hitting with runners in scoring position, but at the end of the day, like, it's still 12 games. There's 160. There's 150 more games to play. So, it, yeah, this is how it is every year. You know, if you don't, if, if you get off to a slow start, media's going to try and kill you. Fans on Twitter are going to try and kill you. Like, there's no really win-win here unless you start off hot. And then, okay, say they start out 8-4 and four instead. And then all of a sudden they're 12-9. and nine. Phew, They peak too soon. Yeah. <laughs> like... You know, yeah, all these narratives, ridiculous. There, there's no win-win, and honestly, as as shitty as it is, like half these fans will, for all teams, not just the Yankees, but half these fans won't care in a few months, and then they'll come back in around September. Mm-hmm. But that first month, it's fresh. You know, NBA's regular season's dwindling down. College basketball just ended. There's no other thing going on. They're focused in on the Yanks for now, and then. Uh, you won't hear start this weekend for the NBA. Right. So, um, you won't you won't hear as much like forks and or pitchforks at the Yankees. I would be intrigued to see at like the viewership number ratings for like towards the end of April going into May when everything kind of starts to end like the NHL, NBA, and yeah. and then they go back up for the actual summer ratings. But yeah, I mean. There's no doubt about it. I'm not going to lie. The Yankees have started off slow. That's You can't ignore that. I would just bring up yeah. the fact of the manager's importance, and we got into some other things. But who isn't starting off slow? And bring in all the haters, bring them all back, is our boy, El Gary, the Kraken. El Gary is... Oh, this, Jared, this feels good. It definitely feels good this for you. This feels good. <laughs> this feels good. This feels great. Okay, Yankees fans hate Gary Sanchez after last year. Hate him. They totally forget that this man demolishes baseballs at the catcher position where literally there might be one other catcher in the league who can hit 20 home runs. And he already has six. Gary Sanchez already has six. And how many still, games, Jared? Twelve. <laughs> you know what that pace is? You know what that pace And they'll still, they will still bat, like... Uh, he got picked off at third with bases loaded, no outs, all over him. All Like, okay, give this man, like, a little break. The guy is raking at the plate. There's no other hitter on our team as hot as him besides DJ LeMahieu, but he doesn't put the ball in the seats. Gary Sanchez should not be taking this criticism every day. Have you seen Austin Romine play the last two games? Yes. Oh, okay. Doesn't not, exactly not, not not good results up there. Doesn't exactly wow me. <laughs> I believe Austin Romine had a pass ball last night in a in a in a late inning situation. If that was Gary Sanchez, I don't know if he would have been left on the flight home to Houston. There might have been a group of people not letting him board the so flight. So Jared, let me play uh let me play devil's advocate here, okay? You can try. But oh, hold on, ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. He might have six home runs, but he's only batting two sixty eight. I will take that? I will take two sixty eight and thirty home runs out of our catcher every single year. Because but Jared, 260... we're only twelve games in. Oh okay. But if you hit two sixty hold on. If you hit two sixty eight for the season, I guarantee you who will be top five in batting average for the season for the Yankees. Top five. By we're only way. twelve game we're only twelve games in. Yeah. 
well, we're five and seven, and you're panicking about that. So I'm going to get hype about a guy who has shown he can hit 30 home runs in the big leagues. Played devil's advocate to the devil's advocate. His OPS right now is the highest it's ever been. So let's just uh, let's just all chill out on the Gary Sanchez hate train at the moment, Yankees Twitter, and just realize, hey, hey guys, we're doing all right. Twelve games in, don't you worry. We'll turn that corner soon, Gary Sanchez. Before you'll know it, he'll have 35 home runs, and you'll be going, wow, I, I guess I don't hate Gary that much anymore. I guess I, I, you're going to put all put down your signs, row mine for starter, row mine for starter. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Le- I'm not even joking, Jared. Last year, I, I Oh, had, no, I know. No, no, no. I'm saying last year, um, at, actually at the end of the season, when the season had concluded, I was having legit serious talks where my friends were telling me, Yankee and Mets fans, were telling me that the Yankees need to get rid of Gary and they need to get, get rid of Gary now. Yeah. Now. I Just like they're saying, you got to get rid of him not tomorrow but today. The overreaction is unreal, especially, like, could you imagine... All right, imagine if Gary Sanchez was off to the start judges right now. People would hate this guy, still. People would hate him. People would absolutely hate him. Yeah. And two years ago, this man was the this man was Aaron Judge before Aaron Judge broke onto the scene. Oh, hell and they yeah. <laughs> and they turned they turned on him in a snap of the finger in a season where he was injured a lot and injured down the stretch playing like banged up, catching. They're bad about the defense. Like, calm down. Alright? Yeah, the defense was piss poor last year, but the dude has a incredible arm. Cannon. Incredible arm. He's pretty solid from what I see of framing pitches. It's not like he's it's not like he's terrible at framing pitches. Blocking balls, yeah, like we get it. It's not his strong suit. Just lay off, all right? I just think lay that's, off the guy. I, I mean, I know that there's an art to it and like there's you know, but I just think it's really like an effort thing when it comes to blocking balls. I just think like he gets lazy sometimes and that's yeah, not and a that's, good thing. That's, that's probably what a... that's probably what irks fans the most. Of course, 100%. <laughs> yeah. But you can't call him an inept catcher defensively. He's not. He has one of if not the best arms from behind the plate in the MLB. When you see him release the ball to second, third, it's you're nearly like, "Oh, that guy's out." <laughs> Unless he got a ridiculous jump, you're like, "That guy's out." Oh, that guy's well. Out. Yeah, that's the issue too with our yeah. bullpen. Like Batantis has just prone to give up stolen bases with the high leg kick. He just refuses to throw from. Yeah. So while we're on while we're on injured pitchers, we should mention Luis Severino. Yes. Not great news coming out of New York as he was sent back for another MRI. Yep. He's not supposed to pick up a baseball. Pick up a baseball for six more weeks. Do you think? Do you think we see Luis Severino at all this year? Because that's that's honestly yeah, becoming, I was actually thinking of that. That's honestly becoming like a little like, uh, are we sure we're gonna see him? And like, I would say yes, but I could also see the scenario where like, we're gonna take it super cautious with this guy. Well, to answer your question with another question, do you think it's possible to see him rehab all the way up until a playoff run? Would you think uh, they would even chance that, being so close to the next year's spring training? No, I okay. I would say there's a 
there's still like a 45% chance we see him this year. Six weeks, that's – so two months, you're looking at about June before he picks up a ball. You got to hope everything goes well. He probably has to throw for another four to six weeks, I would say. Yeah, you're looking kind of around August. Look, if, if he comes back in August and, like, can be in the big leagues by late August and pitch all of September up there and give the Yankees a shot in the arm, that'd be the best-case scenario, I think. It really doesn't sound great in terms of him really coming back and, like, being the, the ace that we want and, like, we're hoping to have, especially going into the playoffs. But I, w- I wouldn't rule it out, but, like, I'm not, like, optimistic that, like, we're going to see the Luis Severino Cy Young runner-up that we are accustomed to. I'm just not very keen on the the thought that he comes back, say, on the last week of August, and let's say he doesn't. As you just said, the pitcher we're not used to seeing, the AL Cy Young runner-up last year. Um, I'm not very keen on seeing him, you know, struggle through a few starts and then having to give that thought to, do we shut him down for the playoffs? Do we use him? Do we put him in the bullpen and then shake his confidence? Like, you know, it's I, I don't even want to – if it comes down to it's late, it's like late August, first week, second week of September, at that point, I'm not even sure that I would activate him fully. I, I would I would probably see where the rehab goes in the next, you know, six weeks. And I, I would – I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in that position, so I, I couldn't tell you. But I, I would have to see the reports that come out as his um, – as his rehab continues. Rita, you just got me like a little excited of the thought of like the Yanks make it to the playoffs with this this rotation that's been up and down all year and then we get Luis Severino in the bullpen. That'd be ooh, that'd What do be, you think? That, no, for yeah, for sure for that'd us be, that would be good. That'd be mm, that'd be that'd be enticing. If he can't start, like you bring that arm out of the pen and let him kinda let it fly for a little bit, but like Obviously, he has to be fully healthy, which that's the, obviously that's the question at this point. But like, dude, that would be that'd be fun. <laughs> it would definitely be uh, a sight <laughs> to see fun. him throwing heat out of the bullpen. I just don't know if, when it comes to his confidence, still a young guy, if he'll be able to. Because he, I mean, he's been in the bullpen before, but if he'll be able yeah. to accept that role again, uh, I don't know if that'll shake. Yeah, him. I mean, obviously, we're talking like. <sighs> 150 games down the line you know what i mean so like everything that we're talking about is speculation we're just assuming that like you know the yanks are going to be obviously super cautious with him regardless so i'm going to expect him back in late august and from there is and then from there it's like maybe we see him maybe we don't i don't even know like based off of like okay if he comes back in late august he might have four start like it comes back starting everything's fine with his arm he has four starts before the playoffs like is that enough to kind of throw him into a game three on the road you know like these are these are obviously huge hypothetical questions but like it's gonna be these tough are very long term man it's like, gonna be talking about this now it's gonna be tough i mean i think we, we need to pray james paxton our arm is uh healthy for the full year yeah because him to not going to happen a playoff series, oh, hap, oh, I don't like that. But that's kind of what we're looking at right now. I mean, obviously, there's moves to be made. If if they know Severino's out for pretty much the year, I'm sure Brian Cashman will work the phones. Definitely. As I said before, I really think 
I can't really talk too much on it right now. It's just I would have to see how the uh, reports come out from his rehab. Yeah, so say say in a few weeks, like, they're not really optimistic uh, Luis Severino's going to come back this year. Do you think it's worth uh, throwing some money at Dallas Keuchel? Because that's, that's the big talk. You know, he's still it out there. Is. And, and look, if, if we could sign him to a one-year deal, I, I don't see any problem in it. What is he it. doing right now, you think? But, I mean, he's probably working out, training, but I don't know. Like, if we could sign him to a one-year deal, I'm for it. But, I like, he wants long-term. He wants, like, three yeah. years at least. I don't want to give him three years at all. Um, But, like... Would you give him two? Yeah, I think I, think I would. If, how much? If, if we know Severino... See, like, I don't know what the luxury uh, cap is at. Like, how much we have to spend before we go over because we know we don't want to go over. Mm-hmm. But... Like, we definitely would have a spot for him next year. Two years, like, okay, if even if he's awful next year, like, we've seen the Yankees just get rid of guys, like, with eight years left on the deal, not not just one. So, like, really getting rid of him wouldn't be a big deal. Like, we, we were able to trade Sonny Gray this year. Or we could just put him in the doldrums like we have Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, who... like, like <laughs> we, it, it is, we worked a trade to get rid of Sonny Gray. So yeah. I'm pretty sure we could trade Dallas Keuchel if need be next year, but I would I would say two years max. I would not give him a third year at all, like not at whatsoever. Um, but I would not be opposed to. I, look, I don't even think he's that good of a pitcher anymore. Like I, his velocity was down last year. I'm really not into the the aging starting pitcher whose velocity decreased. C C C Sabathia or Chris Sale. What? Oh. Um, um, but yeah. So like, I don't even like really like him that much but in this spot like i could understand the signing and i think like he could definitely give us good innings i'll be on the record saying i would give him a two-year deal three years i would not do but i would give him a two-year deal i would definitely give him that opportunity he's another another i'm i don't want to say great he's another good pitcher that we can add to the back of a rotation that could give us a little depth and i i think I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't go as far to say I would give it to him in a heartbeat because he's probably going to ask for a solid chunk of change. But if I, we I get would, the right deal, I would give look, it to him. Look, looking at this market out there, like I really don't even know what he would go for. Like You would think in years past like he would get around 18, 18 a season. Like I know he wanted like $20 million a season, but he's not getting that anywhere on the market. So I bet if they if they offered him like a 12, two, if they offered him like a two for 30, he would have to say yes. I would even go less than that. I, I, I mean, yeah, they probably close to twenty. I, I don't know. I mean, he he's taking it into the season, and he he'll wait for his deal, I guess. True. But, yeah. Like I, I would say bell. two for thirty, and I would do it. I mean, I like really, the money doesn't matter to to us. It's not our money. You know what I mean? Like, and it, if it's a short term deal, I don't mind overpaying a little bit if it's a need. Like if we if you said two for forty, and like we had the money and the luxury tax to do it whatever like you know what like yeah is he is he gonna be overpaid at that price yeah but like do we need it like would he help us get to a world series maybe it probably yeah, it probably worth the gamble yourself in terms of being able to get rid of him because who's gonna pay that it, yeah but it'd be a one-year 20 million dollar deal teams have money they well, just, i'm saying if you did a two-year 40 million dollar. yeah deal. i know but uh, let, that's what i'm saying like next the following season is the following season would be one year left one yeah. One year twenty, and teams have the money. 
It wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, but I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean for sure. But like, still, no, yeah. I, I, he's not. He's not going to get anywhere. This is all dependent on Luis Severino, though. Like, and, and I will say, like, CC Sabathia. CC Sabathia is coming back uh, this weekend, which is to note. Saturday, baby. Saturday, centerfield CC. Get your get your tickets, baby. Um, but t-shirts. We'll be selling them on the porch. <laughs> but uh, like, honestly, like one injury to him. And that puts even more pressure on it. So I, for sure, I definitely think the Yanks, and this is like an every year thing. Like they'll be in the market for a starting pitcher come August, and maybe yeah. soon. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I think this all kind of falls on definitely CC, but also where Luis Severino uh, goes with his rehab. And talking about rehab, our boy, the Miggy Andujar alert. Uh, there was a report that came out yesterday, I think in the post, that said that his rehab is going better than expected thus far. That's so, all JD needs to hear to so feel great about all himself. I need, <laughs> all I need in my life, in this world of sin, is Miguel Andujar doing what he's got to do to come back in a relatively short amount of time and catch up with Gary Sanchez in the home run department. Because that's all I need in life. And Miguel Andujar, Manning third, even though that means DJ gets a little bit less playing time. Can't no, wait. no, no. Second base is wide open right now with uh, DD still out. So DJ LeMahieu would play, and hopefully Tyler Wade would go home. <laughs> and that's the, perfect, that's the perfect way to wrap this whole thing up. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's – yeah, I guess you're right there. <laughs> okay, so to recap. I'm in a box. To recap, uh, lay off Aaron Boone for like at least two more weeks. <laughs> uh, don't shut lay up about managers. Man, they're, they're so inconsequential. Don't don't lay off of Tyler Wade anytime soon. Pile on. Pray for Luis Severino. All the prayers. And for Miguel Andujar. In any language, prayers. <laughs> and while you're at it, lay off of Gary Sanchez once and for all. Lel Gary. Los Yankees. Let's go. <laughs> Gary Sanchez. I'm very excited. Jared, I think uh, I think we covered a lot of our bases here. The only one thing that we have not yet to cover is how Tyler Wade is going back home, baby. <laughs> Train, plane, or automobiles, God bless you in the back. Tyler Wade, I hope you never come back to the Bronx <laughs> after Miguel Andujar rests up, gets his uh, right labrum fixed, and... Uh, and ready to go. Yeah, so that about wraps up everything here. Give us a follow on Twitter at 314 down the line. Give us a, you know, rate, like, subscribe, review on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Episode 36, as JD said, I have no names off the top of my head who wore 36. Ooh, uh, oh, I'm thinking of a pitcher, like, a few years ago. Um, ah, oh, it's slipping me right now. But, oh. by the way, I almost bought a Chase and Shreve jersey like three years ago. I'm so happy I didn't. <laughs> I'm so happy I didn't. Wow. Yeah. Yankees number 36. David Cohn. Uh, it has to be David Cohn. I guess it has to. I mean, Carlos Beltran, though. You know? Kevin, Kevin Euclid's? Dude. <laughs> Euc- <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. We'll give it to... Uh... Lance Lynn. <laughs> Oh, Ian Kennedy. That's who I was thinking of. That's who I was thinking of. Ian Kennedy. G-Man Choi wore that jersey. 
and with great joy, I say this is episode Choi. <laughs> Shout out to my guy G-Man. As Jared said, follow, rate, subscribe on all the socials. We'll see you back here next week. And once again, go Yankees.